You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 207 of the Black Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Fordham, live from New York City. A festive, wintry night, if you will. You know, the holiday season is upon us. Cue the bells, right? You know what I'm saying? Um... Obviously, tons of Besiktas news to discuss. Huge match. Coaching search derailed, but perhaps the answer has stumbled upon us of its own, you know, without us doing anything. Just sort of naturally found his way home, if you will. Um, Lots to talk about. Obviously, we have another match incoming quite soon, actually, which caught me off guard. I thought we were done with all this two matches a week nonsense but I guess such is my fate I will be working extra extra hard uh, during the holiday season but so we'll get some holiday bells in there for a couple episodes this time around Uh, it is of course the week of Christmas uh, five days away now so maybe maybe four by the time this this hits the press Uh, but yeah um, so you know lots of uh, you know, for anyone who's out there alone during the holiday season, it's a tough time to be alone. So I will be accompanying you, <laughs> I guess we could say. Lots of episodes incoming. Uh, our, our, we have a match on the 23rd and then again on the 27th. Operation is in effect as of right now. But obviously what we need to talk about first here is the match that just occurred the other day. Um, Fenerbahce was the host of this match. On Sunday, December 19th, uh, 11 a.m. here in New York City. And it was uh, quite the match. I think we could all agree, no matter uh, which side of, of things we were on. Very exciting match. Obviously, I suppose, first, as we typically tend to do, let's talk about Fenerbahce's form coming into this match. And I'll try to be a little snappier with it uh, this time around. Um, let's go five matches back. Uh, they were in the Europa League playing Olympiacos on the road. They lost and they followed it up with a draw against Guztepe, 1-1. One one. Uh, they lost 1-0 against Olympiacos. They beat Rize 4-0. I think I've already done this in the last episode, so that's why I'm breezing through it. Uh, then they drew Eintracht Frankfurt 1-1 one one at home in the Europa League, crashing out, going to the Conference League. And then... They follow that up with a loss against Gaziantep, 3-2 on the road. Everyone knows going out there is tough. But so this match was, it's easy to say, uh, n- no easy thing for anyone. Neither, neither side really came in in like fantastic form by any stretch. So, you know, I mean, it was going to be an uphill battle. That, that was clear. 
from the outset. Um, but at the same time, like neither side was looking too good. With the except, you know, I guess we had our, our victory in the last match, but you know, we have an interim coach and no, you know, lots of uh, turmoil. So this was a real wild card event. I think we could say. Now let's discuss the lineups for Besiktas. Ersin Dastanoglu was in goal. Domingos Vida and Nejip Uysal on the back line. Nejip in a, in a derby. Never a surprise, perhaps. Ridvan Yilmaz on the left side. Valentin Rosier on the right. Joseph de Souza in the back with Miralem Pjanic and Jan Bozduan up ahead. Miralem Pjanic finally restored to more of a six, which um, Under Caravelli seems to be predisposed to. Up top, we had Kyle Laren on the left side, Rashid Ghazal on the right, and Mishi Batshuayi up top. Good stuff there. Um, for Fenerbahce, of course, they're playing their backup keeper, Berke Uzer, 21-year-old. Uh, their back line, they played with three back. Min Jae Kim, the 25-year-old Korean defender, next to Serdar Aziz, the 31-year-old Turk, and Filip Novak, the 31-year-old Czech defender. Or sorry, no, uh, Attila Jalai, the 23-year-old Hungarian defender. Uh, Novak was, of course, on the left side with Os Bright Osai Samuel, uh, 23-year-old Nigerian on the right side, playing the ring right wing back sort of role that it's not exactly his position typically. He's more of a, of a right midfielder, historically speaking. And the middle of their midfield would be Miguel Crespo, 25-year-old Portuguese uh, midfielder next to Miha Zajc, 27-year-old Slovenian. And then um, Diego Rossi, the 23-year-old Uruguayan, next to Mesut Ozil, the 33-year-old 33-year-old German Turk. Uh, with Mergim Berisha, the 23-year-old German, up ahead of them. So, you know, uh, it, these are the tactics they roll with. Vitor Pereira, somewhat creative in that regard, to his credit. Although, you know, an interesting take on things, certainly. Now, let's talk about what happened in this match, because it was, uh, it was a fairly thrilling one, right from the outset, in fact. Um, Besiktas looked really solid out of the gates, brought a lot of energy. Um, and sure enough, the first chance would be uh, a free kick from Rashid Gazelle, which would ping off the post and out of bounds. But sort of, yeah, you know, we're looking good. Eighth minute, Rashid Gazelle sends in a cross that would find Kyle Laren's head, and he'd sky it over. But um, some incidental weird contact from Bright Osai Samuel, which would not be given much attention. A number of people in my group chat thought that was actually perhaps a penalty in the end, but... Uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. You wouldn't give away an easy penalty in a huge derby match like this, right? Right? You know, cue the uh, Anakin Skywalker meme. But, uh, no, uh, 11th minute, a ridiculous penalty is in fact given. A handball to Kyle Laren on a ball that's headed straight down to his hand with... I, I mean... 
I, I, I can't even stress how absurd of a call this was. Um, and it would signal just a terrible day of refereeing all around from Firat Aydinus. But um, just ridiculous, terrible officiating decision in a huge match. Penalty given. Going to VAR and still given somehow. You know, you try not to be a conspiracy theorist and then you have a day like this. And it's... Uh, you know, it's hard to resist those impulses, man. I'm not going to lie. But it was what it was. Penalty was given. Mesut Ozil sends Ersin Destinolu the wrong way. 1-0 to the hosts. Just shocking stuff, honestly. Um, substitution made in the 23rd minute. Nejib Uysal comes off. Serdar Sachi comes on. Nice decision, in my opinion, from Under. Caravelli. Uh, worth noting that uh, both Montero and Wellington were on the bench. So Caravelli's going to Cedar Sachi was a conscious decision. And I like it. I like it a lot. I like this guy playing these kids. You know, he played Ridvan as well, obviously. Um, he didn't start with uh, Guven Yalcin, uh, despite his performance last, last match, but did play him eventually. We'll talk about that. Didn't really work out, but whatever. Um, anyway, right after that sub, a goal bat. We, we strike right back. Um, Bachuay struggles to control the ball, but um, he does get a nice little touch off to uh, Joseph de Souza. Um, it's not credited as an, as an assist for some reason, but anyway, Joseph smashes it in. Lovely goal, one to one. You know, cross the mouth of the goal low. Lots of power on it. Just, you know, Joseph is up for this one. He's happy. He's celebrating. You know, I suspect his departure from Fenerbahce was obviously not a smooth one. Uh, clearly, there's some, some negative feelings regarding Fenerbahce for him. The way he celebrated, but also just generally the way he's been very proudly pro Besiktas um, and kind of not openly hostile to Fenerbahce necessarily, but he's certainly like done enough to make it feel like there's some hard feelings there. Perhaps he felt like Fener exiled him to Saudi Arabia, you know, for a financial deal they needed, and that he wasn't ready to, to go there yet with his career, and then he got kind of stuck there, and obviously his departure from there was not pleasant and um, filled with issues, so, you know, for whatever it's worth, he was very pleased to score against his former side. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But nonetheless, uh, just as you'd expect, they would strike right back in the worst of ways. Doma goes Vida in a very sort of Wellington-esque manner. Wellington had a very similar uh, assist for the opposition. He's trying to clear the ball, somehow loops it up in the air, back down into the opposition's path perfectly. Um, Rossi would bring it down. Um, try to make a move and get a shot off. Erson actually gets down and makes a pretty good save. However, the rebound deflects right into the path of Mergim Berisha. Um, Serdar Sachi heroically, you know, gets back, gets onto the shot to defend it, but just not quite enough. And it goes into the goal regardless. Nice composure from Berisha, if we're going to be honest. You know, the way the ball's behind him and high, but he still gets that shot on target with enough power to sort of 
um, overcome Serdar's touch. And we're screwed. <laughs> we're down 2-1 to one, uh, in the 30th minute, despite being the much better side for the first half, honestly. Um, 43rd minute, John Bozuan, we get himself a yellow card after, you know, just general poor, poor outing from him. Uh, it's worth noting that he was sort of a deer in headlights in this in that first half. Clearly not up for the huge derby setting. Um, you know, he's a, he's a kid, and so you know, kids don't always respond to that much pressure well. Uh, but it's worth noting that the rest of the kids did, including Serdar Sachi, who you know early on was a bit shaken. You know, his passes were a little wonky, and he had a couple poor touches, but. He would settle into this match and become, you know, a very steady, you could even say dominant defender, you know, very confident, getting into the into um, defensive positions, you know, without hesitating, um, you know, not fearing contact, but also not making dumb contact in the way certain players of ours have had the ability to do in the past. So, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how it was, you know, hit and miss as far as, these young kids responding to the pressure of a huge derby match. Um, but yeah, that was it at the half. Two to one, we're down. There was one um, nice little effort by Bachuay at the end of the half. He didn't get a lot of real decent efforts on goal with his, like, you know, facing the goal, unfortunately. Uh, and that's maybe not necessarily his fault, but here he had a, a shot that was that forced a pretty decent save from Berke Uze. He had to get low and dive. So. We're down, we've played much better than them. I don't think any of us felt like we were out of this match by any stretch. In fact, I think most of us expected there to be more goals, just given the back and forth nature of it. And you know, we were, you know, our guys were keyed in for it, but still we were down coming into the second half. Um, Ozan Ozyakub would enter the match for John Bozdoan, uh, who, as I said, was a deer in headlights for the first half. A good sub from Under Caraveli, I would say. You know, Ozan uh, played quite well in the Kaiseri match, so you want to follow that up. You want to give him the chance to follow it up. Same could go. Same could have been said for Guven Yelchin, for Kyle Laren, who also seemed kind of out of it for this one. But you know, on the other hand, Kyle Laren is always uh, there for a goal at times. You know, last week we asked the question out loud. Maybe is that kind of a mirage that people fall for, and like someone more free flowing? would still benefit us regardless, even more, even though it wouldn't maybe result in goals coming from that player, but still benefit the team and the flow of things better. And, you know, that's that's another question which we can ask another time. In truth, with, with Nkudu injured, uh, you know, Guven Yalchin shouldn't necessarily be the answer. He's always proven to be inconsistent uh, and, and even lacking for the most part, with the exception of moments, but Still, he came off a great performance against Kaiser, so you thought you'd think he might be given a shot to, you know, to, to see what he could do in subsequent matches. But anyway, first action of the second half. Rossi with a cross. Domagos Vida almost knocks it into the back of the net for, for them again. Not again, I guess. It wasn't a known goal, but you know what I mean. Erson, however, standing tall, making the save confidently. He's like a, a real grown man now, Erickson. You gotta say, he's a, he, he, it's unfortunate, I think, he'll be credited with a lot of the issues the team's had, but in, tr in truth, I think we've not done a particularly good job of putting good central defenders in front of him. Um, and that's a, another conversation. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, 
um, 58th minute, Ridvan, uh, finally doing his sort of uh, his his duty as far as being that, that sort of aggressor on the left side, adding a little flair to our attack. He would make some a, a nice move, kind of bring it back out, send in a lovely cross that Joseph could run onto, and it just perfectly placed. We've seen him do this a few times, honestly. Ridvan Yilmaz is a great wing back option. You know, a more sort of interesting manager might employ that sort of 5-3-2 wing back or you know 3-5-2 rather wing back thing with with us with Ridvan out there and Valentin Rosier because Rosier has also got that you know attacking instinct he was great in this match I thought in that regard especially you know him and Rashid Ghazal were doing their thing along the flank which which was a real feature of Sergei Yalchin's offense when when we were flowing at times last year but anyway, uh, yeah, it's a great goal. Um, Joseph's header perfectly placed with power. The celebrations are frenetic. He is just thrilled, pointing his finger, jumping, dancing, just lovely stuff. Clearly, this man is gonna perform against Fenerbahce whenever they, whenever we come up against them and he's in our side. He has a grudge uh, and he's not shy about it. And I, I loved it, honestly. Was fantastic. You need that kind of heart. Obviously, you'd love to see that kind of heart given day in day out from him. He's he's had a few off performances of late, but on the other hand, he's had so many great performances, not just against Fenerbahce. That you know, he's a candidate for captain someday. You know, when when uh, you know Atiba steps aside from the game, maybe becomes our assistant coach for a minute or two, or even our coach. Well, no, assistant first. Anyway. Sub, 64th minute, Mert Hakan Yandash comes on for Miha Zaich. Irfan Jan Kavechi comes on for Diego Rossi. Rirvan Yilmaz gets his first, or his first, no, his yellow card for the match in the 69th minute. Doki doo, 69. Um, 71st minute, Serdar Dursun comes on for Mergim Berisha. 74th minute, Attila Jalai finally gets a yellow card. Uh, and what's interesting is he just butchers one of our guys on the, on the, on the I think it was Gazelle on the outside of the box. And the ref, if you don't, I knew, who's just a complete clown, does the gesture like, oh, you're getting this yellow card for repeated fouling. As if he didn't just butcher Rashid Gazelle in front of all of our eyes. And as if that wasn't like his 4,023rd foul of the match. So if we're talking about repetitive fouling, he should have gotten that yellow card well ahead of then, and that should have been his second for butchering Rashid Ghazal. Rashid Ghazal actually came up a bit lame there. Might be why he'd come out of the match eventually later on. But just, you know, Jalai gets only a yellow card, and he's lucky to have only had that in this match. He could have easily been taken out of this game much earlier. Via via red card, that is. Um, 77th minute, Guven Yalchin finally comes on for Kyle Laren. Perhaps a bit late, Laren. Again, not not a great outing from him, but who knows? You know, when we look at the stats, maybe he'll have one of those weird outings that it turns out he played really well and he didn't, you know, give him his due. I, I doubt it, though. Again, he really didn't impress me in this one. 78th minute, Mishi Bachuay, a yellow card. 78th minute, Serdar Assis, a yellow card. Same interaction. They butted heads and clashed. Uh, in fact, I, I think Serdar Aziz should have been given the other card for what led up to them clashing in the first place, but whatever. 88th minute, 
Ozan Ozergoop is given a yellow card. However, uh, Pjanic, right before then, or right after then, I'm not entirely sure, would um, get in a nice shot where he swerves, it looks like it's in swing, and then serves out and just goes wide in the end. Could have taken the lead there. Obviously didn't. Um, first minute of extra time, Rashid Ghazal gets a yellow card, comes out of the match for Gokhan Toure, which is, you know, hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, Nazim Sangare enters the match for Bright Osai Samuel in the, in the second minute of extra time. In the third minute of extra time, Ener Valencia enters the match for Attila Jalai, who again, you know, should not have even, should have been carded out of this one already. Fourth minute of extra time, Joseph, lovely ball up to Rosier, who kind of has a little nice touch on it in the end, actually. Finds Bachuai perfectly, a couple steps from Bachuai, sends in a shot that's from an angle and a bit deep, but just, wow, a lot of energy, a lot of power on it, <clears throat> a lot of swerve on it, and it bashes in off the post. Oh, so close to taking the win at the end. Uh, the game would end in the 17th second of the 95th minute. A 2-2 two -to -two draw. Didn't feel bad, honestly, right? Like, we were in there with our interim coach who made all the right moves, I think. Um, as far as the starting 11, his substitutions were pretty solid. You know, timing could have been a little better, but on the other hand, he, you know, made the right moves. Didn't do anything weird. Um, stuck to playing kids, and they still kind of managed to get the result. Within, you know, within reason. Obviously, you want to get a W in a derby, but of all the times where you, you're happy with a win on the road, it's I think this is a perfect scenario for it. It helps that, of course, we got their manager fired. Um, that's I, not, not exactly news, but uh, most people probably know it by now, but Vitor Pereira was ousted from his position, almost, I think, as a result of, obviously, not just this match, Fenner's poor play all around. But, you know, this match couldn't have helped. I can't imagine. Um, stats. 59% of the ball went our way. Uh, again, they were sort of dangerous on the counter, which is the sort of story of our lives these days. Um, and, and also, speaking of the story of our lives, we had more shots, 14 to their 11, 10 <coughs> chances created to their five, but they had three big chances to our one somehow. Um, I don't know, you know, I guess the header that we scored was not like a big chance. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they calculate these things to be 100% honest. But um, anyway, they only had 260 accurate passes to our 391. Uh, we completed them at an 81% rate to their 76. They conceded 20 fouls to our 12. We had seven corners to their zero. We were offside five times to their two. You know, we were just the more aggressive. We were the better side. We should have won, you know? And so credit to our manager who, who put us out there and we ended up playing the better, if we're gonna be real about it. Um, now, our 14 shots, nine of them were off target, three of them were on. Of their 11 shots, three of them were off target, five of them were on. You know, so all the rest of those were blocked. Three of theirs to two of ours. But so, you know, again, statistically, they were incisive on the counter. They were certainly not like a bad side. I don't think you could say that they're, they didn't deserve a draw, right, in some ways. But, you know, on the other hand, if, if, if they'd won, it would have been a travesty. And if we'd won, <coughs> it would have been justified for the most part. So, 
it is what it is. We got a draw in a difficult time in the season. Um, Under Carvelli remains undefeated in his career. That's worth noting. Um, Jose de Souza, a hero. You know, despite the result, I think we're all relatively pleased. Now let's talk about some individual stats. And obviously our man of the match goes to Joseph de Souza. He's the highest rated player in the match. But let's just talk about some other stuff, because that's so that's obvious for everyone. Um, also really well rated. Rashid Gazal, Valentin Rosier. Mesut Ozil, okay, I mean he scores, but on a penalty, whatever. Uh, Miralem Pjanic, Ridvan Yilmaz, Mergen Berisha, and Min J. Kim. That's from highest to the lowest, but lowest being all above a seven rating. Um, from above average to sort of good, we have uh, Michi Batshuayi, almost at seven, then Miguel, Miguel Crespo, Bright Osai Samuel, Diego Rossi, Attila Jalai, Mert Hakan Yandash. <clears throat> and Ozan Ozikup is right up, right below 6.5. He's at 6.49 for whatever reason. Remember, he actually played fairly sparingly in this match, just a half, so... It's not, not bad, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Rirvan Yilmaz had a good match. He's rated fairly well, 7.36. You know, above 8, there's only 3 players, and that's Joseph, Rashid Gazal, and Valentin Rosier. So those are our standout performers for the match statistically and again you know I complimented all three of them uh, while I was giving my match highlights and analysis Valentin Ozier I want to look at his actual stats he was given a high rate an overall rating in 8.06 uh, he played 90 minutes 40 accurate passes at a 75% rate he created one chance um, so 40 out of 53 for his passing <coughs> two crosses um, you know, 0 for 2 on his long ball, so, you know, not particularly impressive stuff in that regard, but one of the, that one chance created was, in fact, a key pass. He had 85 touches. Man, speaking of, like, omnipresent is the word for that. 10 throws, so, you know, he was doing his job on the side there. He won 6 duels and lost 0. So, uh, on the one hand, he could have been engaged in more of those duels, but on the other hand, he was pitch perfect. Um, he had six clearances. What about recoveries? Ten recoveries. Three interceptions. Yeah, I mean, just a phenomenal match from Valentino Ozier. Really finding his form now. Uh, maybe he likes playing for Caravelli. You know, who knows? Um, <clears throat> why not look at Rashid Gazal, too, who's rated even more highly. 8.43, in fact. 89 minutes played. Um, no assists or goals, so you really want to know what's going on here. I mean, same goes for Rosier, too, but I already went over him. Um, two shots, 37 accurate passes, an 80% rate. He created two chances. Um, both of his shots were off target, but one of them hit the woodwork. The other one, like, barely missed the woodwork. Um, 37 to 46 with those passes. Again, 80%. Five crosses, one of them accurate. Um, three for three with his long balls. Ooh, two key passes, 71 touches. Also very present in this one. Um, 12 of 15 with his duels. One. Amazing. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Six recoveries as well. I mean, wow, yeah, just, you, you love to see that right wing come alive. Hell of a time to do it, obviously, this being a derby, but, um, yeah. I mean, hats off to those three. I'm going with Joseph for the man of the match, for obvious reasons. 
um, just everywhere on the pitch too. He made some great steps defensively. So yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody will will, will argue with me on this one. Uh, and that's about all I got for this match and for the the the, stand, the stats. Uh, obviously, that's not all I've got for the the standings because uh, we didn't talk about the standings. Let's talk about the standings. So Fener, who were ahead of us coming into this match by three points, remain three points ahead of us, uh, but not in particularly impressive stead, being in fifth place. 14 points behind Trabzon, who won this week. So Trabzon remain in first place with 42 points. Second place, Konya, um, you know, nine points back now. Uh, 33 points for them. Bashakshi here in third with 29 points, tied with Hatay. Uh, and then again in fifth, Fenerbahce, 28 points. Sixth, Alanya, 27. Seventh, Adana Demir with 26. And then in eighth, Sivas, tied on points with us and Fatih Karagumru, 25 points. So we're officially in ninth place. And behind us is Galatasaray in 11th with only 24 points. Um, interestingly, let's keep going down a little bit. Giresun and Gaziantep have 22, and Antalya have 21. So that means Antalya is 21, puts them within reach of Galatasaray. Antalya is in 14th place. Three points ahead of the, the team that's right above the relegation zone. So Galatasaray is in the scrum even more than we. Uh, although, obviously, they're just a point behind us still. It's fun to say that. Now, um... Upcoming, obviously, we're going to be playing Guztepe on Thursday, December 23rd. We're home at home. on at, It's noon on the East Coast of the United States here in New York City. Obviously, check your local listings, but, you know, a nice lunch, lunchtime match uh, for those of us here in New York. Um, those 11 o'clock matches were, were stretching it a little. You were trying to make it at a lunch break, but this will be easier at noon. For those of you in Turkey, obviously... Uh, the usual for you folks. Um, anyway, like I said, as usual, check your local listings for, for when that match is uh, going to be aired for you. Gostepe comes into this match not in particularly great stead, to be honest. They're in the relegation zone in 18th place with 14 points. Two points behind Rize, who have actually risen up to the top of the relegation zone. Still, there's Yanni Malachi and Kasim Pasha behind them. <clears throat> um, Altai is right above the scrum with 18 points. So, Gostepe is still 14 points back on them. Um, you'd love to see both of those Izmir sides stay in the Super League so we can have that Izmir Derby. With that said, I mean, there's not a lot of sides you want to see leave. The Super League at this stage. Uh, everyone has a good history. I'm glad Kasim Pasha's out. Get the man, get the man out of here. Uh, I wouldn't mind if Pashakshi here left too, but whatever. That's a long story. Um, anyway, point being, Pashakshi is in ninth place now. 17 matches into the season. We can't quite say that uh, there's a ton of season left. I mean, there is more. There's more than half of it left. You know, 19 matches will be the halfway point, and we've played 17, so we still have two matches to go till we can sort of talk about what we look like halfway through the year. Um, ideally, that would be with six more points in the bag, and uh, we'll see where that would put us. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed us these days, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, you'd like to see a good outing at home against Gustepe. Uh, so good luck to us with that. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not going to do the whole form of them and their lineup anymore as I, uh, you know, I'd like to lead into our, our match day episode with that info. So I'll save that for later. If you hear that motorcycle, my apologies. Uh, it's not my fault. Um, let's, let's of course, finally talk a little bit about um, our, our managerial issues. Um, obviously, by now you've probably heard that Bruno Pinero projected us or, you know, his club, Estoril, uh, want, you know, they raised somehow the price that was, uh, for him to leave and we didn't want to match it. I don't know exactly why. Uh, supposedly he was going to pay for it he was that eager to come join us and then uh you know to have a that much higher profile of a, of a gig and chance to sort of make a name for himself um the last minute hike in that price dissuaded his ability or prevented him from being able to do that perhaps and Besiktas didn't want to engage in it or you know didn't feel like that was good business practice or whatever whatever the logic was internally and they've now turned down that move. Bruno Pinero is out, making obviously like Chanel Gunesh the favorite. That the fact that the trigger has not been pulled on that gives me hope. Um, I would love to see some more creativity like that. You know, both um, Farca and Pinero were interesting names that you had to research. <clears throat> the more you learned about them, the more you thought, oh, this is an interesting name. I like this. I like where they're going. You know. So I'd like to see that trend continue, to be sure. Whether it does or not, we shall see. I hope they don't rush a, a decision. I think in a way, Undir Caravelli has earned the right to see what else he can do. He's undefeated, right? I mean, obviously a draw against Fenner, but that's a huge match, a derby. We came out looking the better for it, I thought. A nice, solid win against Kaiseri, four to two. You know, a bit, um, <clears throat> boosted by late goals, right? It could have gone another way, but it didn't, and you know, that's what it is on paper in the end. Let's see what he does against Guztepe, obviously. Um, I think, granted, like the moment he loses, it's gonna be over for him, honestly. It's at least in the eyes of fans. Uh, and depending on how we lose, it's probably maybe even the right call. I mean, but we, we, on the other hand, maybe it's not, I guess. I mean, realistically, everyone's losing these days among the big quote-unquote three if we're being realistic but um, look it is what it is let's see how this goes I, I appreciate the patience uh, I hope the fans remain patient I think again Caravelli's probably bought himself a little time so for now it's still hashtag Caravelli season baby anyway follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast or follow us at Black Eagles podcast one word on Instagram Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Check out my new podcast, the Late Stage Podcast, for kind of news and politics. The siren is making itself known naturally right at the end of my episode, just because what would a Black Eagles podcast be without some disturbance by the city that I love? Uh, anyhow, with that all said and done, peace out, everyone, and of course... Let's go, Bashington! Peace out! Happy holidays, <laughs> Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.